Hello and welcome back to Take 97, a film podcast with me, your host, David Ingram. On today's episode, I'll be doing another film review for you guys. Now, I'm not going to lie, it's a little bit later than scheduled, but uh, considering the release date and all, but we'll just go straight into it. And it's probably one that you'll be able to watch now as we go into another stage of Netflix binging or DVD watching, Blu-ray watching, you name it. I'm here to tell you about why you should watch, or maybe not, depending on what your opinion is. Um, and it is the Netflix adaptation of the Daphne du Maurier romantic thriller uh, novel that is Rebecca. Now, I know this is a film that's already had a really well-renowned Hitchcock adaptation, uh, so directed by Alfred Hitchcock from the 1940s. Um, and that is pretty much the benchmark that most people measure anything else with related to this source material in terms of the film. Um, but I'll talk to you about this film mostly today. I'll leave the Hitchcock one for another day because Hitchcock himself deserves an entire episode totally dedicated to himself. Um, but yeah, this one is Rebecca and it is a, is a Netflix film. It's on Netflix right now if you want to stream it, if you want to watch it. Um, I'm going to try and keep as spoiler free as possible. Well, I'll, I'll touch on a few things. So guys, if you want to watch the film first, watch it there on Netflix straight away and then come back and watch this uh, like listen to this episode now and see what you think if you agree with what I'm going to say I'll touch on a few plot points but try to skim around too much but it's quite a simple film um like I said it's a romantic thriller it stars Lily James so we know her from Mamma Mia Downton Abbey on the TV and period drama world and many many other things yesterday with Hamish, Hamish Patel um, with the Beatles story. Um, she's been in so many things. She's a real groundbreaking actress, really made it in places that, you know, any actress would want to be right now. So she's in this as the wife, Mrs. De Winter. Well, starts off as a love affair, kind of wistful love affair between a strange, dark, tall, handsome gentleman in the corner, and then they soon become married. Uh, and the guy I'm talking about here is Army Hammer, who plays Maxim De Winter. So he's the main mystery guy here. He's kind of got a bit of a like a, a calling card. He's a little bit like like Jay Gatsby in the in the novel The Great Gatsby, but, but I think that might be just a coincidence because it's a similar time period. Uh, the book was written around, you know, it was written after Gatsby, so there's probably some sort of inspiration there in terms of how um maxim de winter was written in that respect and especially in this adaptation i think he comes across even more gatsby-ish because of his mystery and everything like that i mean that's in the original book obviously but that's clear to me in this adaptation from netflix the film also co-stars uh keely hawes british actress from ashes to ashes um line of duty i'm pretty sure she was in it as well and um the bodyguard and so many other British TV dramas these days, and Kristen Scott Thomas, who gives a brilliant performance as the most, the chilling, really cold and very harsh lady that is Mrs. Danvers, the housekeeper of the film. And I just think that it's such a cold-hearted performance that it's brilliant at the same time. We'll get more into that as we go through the episode. Um, but yeah, overall, I would say so far, Initial impressions, very lavish, nicely shot throughout, uh, set during the 1930s, as I said. Um, and it's just, because it's a Netflix film, it's got lots and lots and lots of production value behind it, and you can see everything. Now, you may think, what does he mean by seeing everything? Well, 
I have this thing like dark, moody lighting is all well and good. It's good for film noir. It's good for, you know, really edgy, dark moments in like a horror film, you know, scary moments, ready for the jump scare, ready for the creepy moment to happen in a ghost story. But I do feel that modern day filmmaking, like there's so much these days, so many people, directors, cinematographers who just, yeah, lighting and shadows are really good and all, but, you know, dark lighting. But I, if when you can't see what's on the screen, it's a little bit like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Like, I, I'm trying to watch this story and I can't even see the faces. It might as well just be an audio drama. Um, but this one, you can see everything. And I think it's shot really nicely. Even the dark bits, so the really dark, moody bits that are like lit with by some, I think there's one bit that's lit by candlelight, a couple of bits that are lit by candlelight or very low lighting from a lamp. And they're just brilliantly done. And, and I think that is where Rebecca shines. It's cinematography and it's technical standpoint for everything. So the look of it, um, the attention to detail for the period, the 30s period, um, just the cars, the costume, uh, just the posture of all the actors in their performances. I, I think that that is where this film really shines. It's attention to detail and the period that it's set in. I think it's a genuinely enjoyable watch if you love your technical filmmaking. Uh, so I highly recommend it for that. Um, to give you a little quick brief of it, uh, the story is about, obviously, Lily James's character. She's an unnamed character for the most part until she gets married. It's a bit of a spoiler, but it's not really because it's the main part of the story. Uh, until she gets married to Army Hammer's Maxim de Winter in this version. And... She gets married to him and she becomes the Mrs. De Winter of the film. Now, obviously, the film's called Rebecca, uh, and that's because Rebecca was the former Mrs. De Winter, and she died under mysterious circumstances, and it said that Maxim has never been able to sort of get over her death. And essentially, it's, you know, we're always got the, we've always got this creepy notion that, oh, is she watching? Is she really dead? Like, throughout the entire film, watching it without thinking about any prior knowledge to anything like the the book and the story itself just watching the film alone i genuinely feel that she was likely to come back as a ghost i honestly thought she would come back as a ghost and she would be presented in in like a ethereal way and it wouldn't be just a like a a psychological trip but to be honest i think that's jane kind of where they found some inspiration from the original source material i just think that it's very atmospheric overall the film and you know you get that impression that rebecca is always there that she's haunting the house and something bad's going on and eventually you know push comes to shove everything happens gets unraveled like a traditional story you find out the secrets that have been kept um from the new mrs de winter so from lily james and then they all get unraveled right before her eyes and it turns out that uh army hammer wasn't as exactly as innocent as he blamed to be um i just really think the performances between them the tension is really good it's really good i do like that but i don't know some people have argued that this film is quite boring and on one hand i can see that because it's you know it's a two-hour film you've got to really dedicate yourself to sort of watching it um, it's two hours of your life that you might never get back, <laughs> if depending on how you view things. But I just think 
I think it, it just it ran smoothly. Yeah, there's a couple of bits that could have been cut down. Um, I like. I mean, some people I know have argued met all the whole meeting section could have been cut down a little bit and i think yeah could have done could have cut to the chase quite quickly could have got straight to mandalay but then people would argue that it wasn't you know paced correctly that the the film doesn't necessarily add any you know there's no pace there's no build-up there's no relationship um being formed between these characters properly so i don't really know what people expected of that but there you go that's my just my opinion of it um and i feel like this it really depends on the scenes as well, how well the scenes flow. Um, because I know for a fact that there are some things, it, it, like three-hour-long films, that I can watch Avengers Endgame and not get bored, you know. But that's because I'm invested in it. That's because I'm a lover of that film and that genre, um, or that particular set of characters. Obviously, this is just one two-hour film. It's shorter than three-hour. Obviously, it's shorter than Endgame, Titanic, and the likes of that, and... Um, gone with the wind but i don't know like i really i struggle to sympathize with people that say oh it's so boring because period dramas generally are meant to be you know they're dramas after all if you don't understand the drama then i i it kind of makes you a little bit susceptible to just saying oh it's boring because there's no explosions or there's no like fighting or anything. I mean, arguably, some people will probably say the best part about Rebecca is the ending because there's a little bit of you know action. Uh, spoiler alert, guys! If you haven't watched the film yet or read the book or anything like that, uh, turn me off for a sec, pause me for a second, and then come back to me. Um, but yeah, so the ending where Mandley, um, the mansion, so the big mansion that uh, Maxim de Winter has lived in for so many years with his old wife. It's just, it's called Mandalay and it burns down because it's been set afire, set alight by uh, Mrs. Danvers, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas' character, who, you know, obviously she's very jealous. She loved Rebecca. She traveled, she came with Rebecca as her, as her maid, uh, as her, not a lady in waiting, but as her like sidekick, uh, because obviously people had maids in those days. It was slightly going out of fashion by the 30s, but she was one of her household staff. And she was a friend of hers as well as being a staff member. But, you know, she got majorly jealous. And that's sort of the ending of the film. Uh, you know, and it's all about, all you know, we build up to is she alive? Is she dead? Is she not? Uh, and obviously it's all Mrs. Danvers making Lily James's character look bad. Uh, I just, I feel, you know, that's probably the most exciting bit. If you really, if you don't like to watch the drama of it all. But I do feel, I do wonder, like, what people would have thought of um, the Hitchcock version, the original that came out, because many Hitchcock films are quite slowly paced. There are a lot of things that are slowly paced, and they're not boring. They're just, it's the way they're made up. Um, arguably, yes, parts of this weren't amazing because they weren't really, I don't know, they weren't geared for a modern-day binge-worthy audience. I think people who have a Netflix subscription or you know a subscription to any streaming service that lo they love their binging they expect things to be over quite quickly and I think when you extend something to two hours unless it's like a series and you're watching episodes concurrently back to back if it's one solid film I think I don't know it might be a generational thing it might be 
just down to pure taste and people just don't like the period drama aspect of it all, which is fair enough because I, I find period dramas from the 1800s, depending on, uh, unless they're done really well, really boring. Um, but that's just me. So like Merchant Ivory Productions, which were made in the 1980s, 1990s, they're all, in my opinion, really drab, really boring because they're slowly acted. Whereas this, I think, is acted quite nicely and quite dynamically um, by our leads. Uh, it's quite sensuous as well. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's not as steamy as I imagined it um, because the, the trailers always, I think they showed the same bit of it's Lily James and Army Hammer getting it on quite close. <laughs> and uh, I don't think it's as as hot and heavy as the trailer in some places makes out. Like there are other things that are more raunchy and saucy anything written and created by ryan murphy half the time these days like american horror story or you know all those tv shows and such they're all you know they've all got some weird kinky um raunch about them whereas this i it's quite tame if i'm honest and i think that's what people disappoints people the most is that they were sold some they were sold sexy and they got mm, soft soft sex kind of if that makes sense but at the end of the day the film was watchable um like i said i've mentioned it's very lavish uh, all the costume design and the you know the attention to details in the production design overall was amazing i love that and i would say it's got lots of gatsby-esque moments um because maxim de winter's very mysterious um character he's very much like jay gatsby from the great gatsby um you can see like influences there in the film anyway. And I'm not just on about the Baz Luhrmann film. I'm on about just the character of Jay Gatsby, like that mysterious man in the Matt big old house. That's got nothing but his staff and himself in it. And it, that you get that sort of element of it to sort of, I don't know, create a link to other bits and pieces throughout the, like a literary side of things to really connect the dots. Um, but yeah, like I said, Lily James, I think she does a fantastic job overall. I mean, a fantastic job as far as like someone who's very scared and on the edge can do. I would probably say the original Hitchcock version does do it better. But I would say because this is in color, it's in a wider screen aspect ratio. So, you know, it's not a square box. Um, in the screen it's just and it's in color you know i think this film really just it's all about the production design uh in terms of the narrative yeah i mean it's based on the source material and the difference between timings of the original hitchcock one and this one are quite slim because they're both they're both around two hours if i remember rightly and you know very similar so i, I make of that what you will if you've enjoyed it obviously tweet us if you didn't enjoy it, which I'm sure lots of people will say, oh, I hated it. Um, you know, let me know. Why did you not like it? Um, and we can discuss it on the open channel. But I would say the highlights for me, the cinematography, like I said before, production design, <clears throat> costume design, it's very watchable, uh, similar length to the Hitchcock version. So there's not much variation there. And I don't think it drags in my opinion. Um, but I would say character-wise, I would say that Kristen Scott Thomas as Mrs. Danvers really stands out as a, like she's the standout performer in all of this. Because 
I know Army Hammer does this tough guy act. He's all like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm cool. I'm Maxim De Winter. I'm just like steely cold and protective of my past. And you know, you don't find out who he is until the end. I think the way he breaks down is a little bit pathetic, if you ask me, by the end of it. But I just, you know, he kind of all comes out, blurts out with it. And maybe that's the issue that most people have. It's the issue I had. But that's me being really critical because I think it's worth a watch purely for the look and just because it's a simple story. It's, you know, you escape to this weird world of, uh, you know, of Mandalay and scary lady. Kristen Scott Thomas as Mrs. Danvers. She's like the ghost that haunts the corridors. It's very like, you know, forget Rebecca. It's, it's Mrs. Danvers that is the true ghost of Mandalay. She's the ghost of the past. Rebecca is dead and gone. But the, Mrs. Danvers is certainly the, I don't know, she keeps hold of that essence that is the old Mandalay and the old ways. And she's reluctant to change, reluctant to see her former lady being dragged through the dirt. And I would say on the other downsides, I've mentioned a couple already, but the downsides, I'd say Keely Hawes' character, she's not really... She's a supporting character, but I would say that she's not really there enough. Again, I think Netflix have this problem with casting really, you know, great actresses in their films and they don't do anything with them. So, for instance, in and I mentioned in my review of Enola Holmes, um, the Millie Bobby Brown um, based film, uh, Sherlock Holmes's younger sister, they had the mother played by Helena Bottom Carter. Now, they build her in as a really, you know, it's Helena Bonham Carter. It's great. But they didn't really use her. She was there and she was not there. And the film wasn't about her. The film used her as a plot device. And I'm, and I'm thinking, why did they even cast such a big actress in a film that didn't even need her? Um, and I think the set, I know Keely Hawes isn't, I, I would argue that Helena Bonham Carter is on another level to Keely Hawes. Because Keely Hawes is a good actress. She's got great range, but like, Helena's above that but I still think Keely Hawes like I know they do this with lots of films they get a brilliant like a big actress or a big name or someone that everyone knows in a supporting role and they think oh that'll grab the punters in but I do feel that ugh, they really shouldn't like they do this a lot they do this with obviously Helena Von Carter and Enola Holmes Keely Hawes in this I think she's there to support um Lily James's Mrs. De Winter and she does it brilliantly. And, you know, she's basically the woman who's speaking common sense and saying, look, don't worry about what the others are thinking. Just focus on you. And I don't know, just she doesn't really get used enough. And so much so that I think she could actually, you know, you could take her out. You could put another actress in and you wouldn't mind. Or you could take the character out and you wouldn't mind at all. Like, it wouldn't make a difference. I'm sure probably there's something in the book that makes her more crucial, her character more crucial, um, as a friend of the family of the De Winters um, before um, Rebecca dies, um, prior to the events of the film and the novel. So but I, I do think, in my opinion, Keely Hawes' character is very underused and she could have been left out altogether. Um, Netflix have have this issue, actually, I've noticed. It's a, it's a trend in the films that I tend to be watching, they always introduce a character and they just don't make use of them enough or introduce them for the sake of it. Um, that's something that I would pick fault with. Um, but overall, it's a lavish 
period drama. If you don't like period dramas, don't watch it. If you you're willing to give it a chance and forget all the jaded reviews, uh, you know, make an opinion of your own. That's fine. Obviously, I'm presenting you with my opinion, but you know, it's just a recommendation. I still would say watch the film because the film is a brilliant piece of art in terms of its construction. And interesting just to see how a 21st century, you know, no one asked for an adaptation of Rebecca uh, for the 21st century, but they got it. They got a squeaky clean, shiny version. So, you know, we now have two versions of Rebecca, which you can debate about for eternity. And really, that is all I'm going to say for the review of this film. It's, you know, it's a short review, but like, there's nothing much more to say other than I think Lily James does a great performance. Kristen Scott Thomas is the best actress in this film and the look of the film is brilliant, but it has a couple of issues in terms of leaving a character out and not bringing her in enough um, in the form of Keeley Hawes. Uh, but because I love the great Gatsby, I love the aesthetic of it. It's brilliant. Um, and what I'll say just to round this episode off before we, we finish on this is I would say I would say watch obviously now we've got a bit more time as well on our hands to watch uh, more media of sorts um, you know check something new out every day my bit of advice something that someone else said to me once was always you know if you're discovering new film a day you'll be discovering a lot of it can be really bad films a day it could be a really good film a day but if you don't watch something new every day or even something you really love, you won't be sort of experiencing the correct amount of film if you really love film, that is. If you're just a casual viewer and you're just coming across this to get an opinion, that's fine. But really, try and aim to discover something new every day, even if you don't watch it every day. Say you watch, I don't know, say your favourite film is a Star Wars film and you watch that loads but every other day you've discovered something new do that that's sort of what my best advice for all you guys out there who are wanting to discover something new and just i don't know open yourselves up to the good the bad or the ugly <laughs> and that's a film for another time um but on that note guys uh obviously i've got another film review coming up for you next week uh it's going to be one on a film that i went to see in the cinema a couple of weeks ago now, um, just as I, before the cinema shut again, but I think it was an absolute delight and I'm going to go a lot into that one next time. I honestly, it was one of my favorite films of this year. I think today is one of my favorite feature films that I've watched. And surprisingly it's an Irish film and you know, you'd, I'm into a lot of big American or British blockbusters or stuff like, you know, Pixar film or, musical action film but this one it was a nice quirky niche film and it's got an actor or two from some films that i do love and they're just amazing in it so i'm gonna let you tune in to my review of pixie next week uh and see what you think of that obviously you won't be able to get to the cinema to watch it by the time the episode goes out but i would say when it comes to a digital platform or blu-ray dvd format i would suggest that you buy it uh, and give it a watch because it's brilliant. And I would say also watch Rebecca if you if you haven't already seen it. If you don't want to see it, that's fine. But I would say if you like your lavish period drama, go full on, watch it. 
I would say if you don't really like that kind of thing, then just don't bother. <laughs> but I think it's worth a watch because it looks beautiful. It's a great film in that respect, but it's not a film without its problems. So I'll let you guys see what you think. And if you get in touch with me on Twitter and Instagram, tell me what you thought of Rebecca. Did you enjoy it? Did you not? Did you really hate it? Did you actually really like it? See what you think, guys. That's it for this episode of Take 97, a film podcast, the Rebecca Netflix version review. And I will see you next time, guys, for another review, more movie news and more movie chit chat. I'll catch you later, guys.